Tonight we're going to be on question 11 in our uh, study on the Baptist Catechism. <clears throat> Just bef before we get into that, I'd like to ask you um, from last week's study, for those of you that were able to make it, I know it was New Year's Day and not everybody was here, but I'm just curious as to what some of you learned. Um, somebody explain the Trinity to me. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? She's right. Yeah, she's right. I, I guess what I was trying to put together, it, it, it's one God with three personalities. That's right. Or three persons. That's right. That's right. One God, three persons. And what I really wanted to get across to you, you know, the Bible talks about us, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. I can't remember exactly where it was, but he, he warned them to not go beyond what is written that we're, we're so often trying to explain things that God didn't give us a fullness of understanding about. He just told us, this is how it is. He just told us, this is who I am. This is what I do. And so many times we try to move into these categories of, well, the Trinity is like water. It can be ice or it can be... Or then sometimes we, we move into other examples. And don't get me wrong, is there a level of truth to that? Is there, is there there's some of it that, yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. We're trying to put our minds in a place that God has not brought us to. We are trying, instead of just taking the Word of God and saying, okay, I believe you. I, I can't explain it. I, don't, I can't wrap my mind around it. I can't really comprehend it. But, I, but this is what you said, and I trust you, and I believe that this is who you are. And instead of taking it by faith, because without faith it's what? Impossible to do what? To please God, right? God requires faith. He requires us not to understand everything and be able to scientifically explain this is God. Because if you think for one second you will ever be able to scientifically explain God, I'm sorry to tell you, you are on a search that will never come to an end. You'll never reach the goal. That's right. And so the, 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 the Trinity or the Godhead is made up of three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we cannot explain it. We cannot comprehend it. He is who He is. And all we do is look at it and say, Yes, sir, that's who you are. That's who you are. And we take it by faith. So that's what is meant by the Godhead. He is three persons that are all three God. They are all three God. And so that's a, that was a lesson from last week. Question 11 this week. What are the decrees of God? What does the word decree mean? What is a decree? Authority uh, what? Authority order. So, um, all right, and that's exactly right. What is another definition of decree that you might could think of? An announcement. An announcement could be a decree. An announcement that is an authoritative order could be a, could be a decree. Anybody else? For the beginning of time, He ordained everything that. Right. 
Let's, let's break it back down to the simplest though. A rule or a law, right? And so this question is not necessarily asking what are the rules and laws of God in the sense of what are the rules and laws that He gave us. But really this question is asked in the sense of what are the rules and the laws that God lives by? Now, yes, the Ten Commandments, He's not a liar, He's not a thief, He's not a, you know, all those things are absolutely true. But what are the rules and the order and the authoritative law that directs God in what He does? And so, let's go to our answer. The decrees of God are His eternal purpose. This is what directs God. This is what God operates by. This is His rule and order. His eternal purpose. Whatever His eternal purpose is for creation, that's exactly what causes Him to direct and guide and do everything that He does. So the decrees of God are His eternal purpose, and His eternal purpose is according to the counsel of who? His will. Does God take your opinion into His consideration? Uh, no. <laughs> right. There is no other person and there is no other thing that God takes into His counsel to help Him decide what He is going to do in what direction. Every bit of it is established according to His eternal purpose, which His eternal purpose was founded when? Before anything was ever created, right? Before He ever spoke, let there be light, let there be a world, let there be anything. Before He ever said, let there be in creation, He established what His eternal purpose would be in this creation. That's the number one issue people have a problem with God. What do you mean? I know what you're saying, but what is it? Because of He being such a uh, powerful person and a powerful God and a and everything, and it all being according to His will. Right. But our self-will wants to get in the way, and we try to... Because we want our will, right? We don't want Kirby's will. I don't want somebody else's will. I want what I want. And if things don't go my way, what happens? I'm not happy, right? And this is true for the human heart. And so Kirby's, Kirby's exactly right. One of our, one of our uh, biggest problems is that our selfish heart rejects this right here, that God created everything for His eternal purpose. Not mine, not yours. Now, do we get to enjoy the benefits of that? Absolutely. But, but it was not according to your will or your purpose. So, the decrees of God, and again, I want you to keep this in your mind. I'm talking about the rules of the laws by which God operates. What directs Him? What guides Him? And the rules or the decrees of God are His eternal purpose. Whatever His eternal purpose was, and He decreed that back before He ever created anything. Alright? And let's keep reading. It is according to the counsel of His will. It was His own counsel that got together and decided this is what the eternal purpose is going to be. So He had a will when He created and He decided His eternal purpose in everything that He does whereby for His own glory He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. 
So His eternal purpose is developed by the counsel of His will, and it is according to His own glory. So everything He does, He does for His own glory. He created you for what? He created, all, when the angels look at creation, they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His All of creation was made for one purpose. It was according to His glory. And because of that, He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. What does that mean? Before He ever said, let there be light, Fagan King's life was already laid out. Everything was already foreordained. Now listen, that, that, I understand. I'm not expecting you to... Because I didn't just read you the Bible. I read you a catechism. So I don't expect you, every one of you, to just go, Yep, that's truth. Amen. I believe it. We're going to see if the Scripture backs up what this catechism teaches. So am I right in saying that every bit of Fagan's life, even the sin... I'm throwing some big ones in here. That's right. Are we correct in saying that? So let's look at some scriptures. Let's throw them out here. Amanda, look up Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Christy, look up Romans chapter 11 verse 36. Bobby, look up Daniel chapter 4 verse 35. Please, sir. Judy, would you look up Isaiah 46, verse 10? Tim, would you look up Psalm 115, verse 3? And Brian, would you look up Amos chapter 3, verse 6? Anybody need those repeated? All right. Amanda, give me Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. In Him we have obtained an inheritance. We've got an inheritance, all right? Because we have been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Alright, so keep that in mind. Now, Christy, go ahead and give me Romans chapter 11, verse 36. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. Hang on, read, read that one more time. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. For from Him, through Him, and to Him, or for Him, are all things. To Him be the glory forevermore. Alright? Bobby, give me Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? 
All right, so read the first part of that again. All the inhabitants of the earth are, are reputed as what? <laughs> and he does what? According to his will as the army in heaven. <laughs> he does according to his will. His will. And no one can stay his hand, not an army in heaven, not an inhabitant on this earth. No one can stay his hand and say to him, What have you done? Let me explain something to you. There is not a decision that a human being ever makes that God sits down and wrings His hand and goes, Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Never once. Make the right one. That's right. Never once. He don't, he don't watch your life and, say, and look at Tim Guthrie and go, Oh, I just hope Tim will do right today. Never once. Never once. He looked at Adam and Eve knowing everything that they would ever do and still looked at it and said, it's good. It's good. Because he knew even in what they were going to do, he would still receive glory. Even in sin, when he conquers it, when he defeats evil, you will see God's glory. No matter what has taken place on this earth, every bit of it is according to his eternal purpose and it is according to his, the counsel of His will, and it is for His glory. And He works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to what? His purpose. purpose. Alright. Now, um, Judy, give me Isaiah 46 verse 10, please. Okay, I'm going to read that 9 because that's really to me. Alright, go ahead. things of old. For I am God and there is no one, none else. I am God and there is no one like me. And then then it says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Now think about what she just said there. Here's what he said in verse 9. I'm God. There's no one like me. And then in verse 10, he explains to you a little bit about what he means that there's no one like him. And here's what he says. I declare the end from the beginning. In other words, God says, I have all knowledge of the end of a thing, and I have all knowledge all the way back to the beginning of the thing. And then listen to what He says next. From ancient times to things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. In other words, when God created and went what, what, what His decrees are, what He operates by, and what causes Him to make every decision, to allowing a school shooter to come in and shoot children, to allowing evil to take place all over the world, He says, My counsel shall stand. My counsel shall stand. I know the end of a thing. All, I know the beginning all the way to the end, from ancient times to things that have not yet been done. I know exactly what I'm doing and I will accomplish all my purpose. And Kevin, that was the love that he had for, for human beings to give us free choice. Right. He had, a, he had a love for us because we were created in His image. He created us for His purpose. And because of the special creation that He made in us, He loved us. He loved us for what He saw. Who did I give Psalm 115 verse 3 to? Three. 
Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Um, Brian, did I give you that? Amos chapter 3, verse 6. Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does a disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? You think about that for just a minute. Does a disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? You remember what Job said whenever his, um, his wife told him to curse God and die? She said, why don't you just curse God and die already? You remember what he said? Anybody? He said, you speak like a foolish woman. But then he added something to it. It's the next part that I'm, I'm looking for. Anybody remember? You speak like a foolish woman. Shall we receive good from the hand of God and not, not evil? In other words, Job recognized that even the suffering and the evil that came into his life was ordained by God. Shall we receive good from the hand of God and not receive this? God is sovereign is what Job said. If, if it happened, if disaster comes upon the city, guess who allowed it? God did. God did. And this is hard. This is tough for us to understand. But you need to understand that the, the world does not operate according to what's going to be best for you. Now again, does God work all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose? Absolutely. But you need to understand that God's desire and His greatest joy does not come from your happiness. He does not make the decisions He makes so that you need to be happy in this world. That's not what governs Him. But it also... And I'm not... Backing off that, but also he gives us his word, and when we, and it's hard to explain, when we get that concept in our mind that all good things come, we can accept those bad things. Right. We know that is the process of life that's less than perfect. That's right. And we take it with a grain of salt because we know tomorrow is going to be better. We take it trusting him. Exactly. We take it trusting that he's good. Even if I'm sick with cancer, even if I'm on my deathbed, even if I no matter even if I'm sitting like Job with seven dead children, a wife that tells me to curse God and die and boils all over me that I can't even sleep in my bed at night. And I'm still able to look at God and say, Listen, I don't understand all this. I don't get why, but you're good. I know that. You're good. And that is where God was trying to get Job to when He allowed this thing to linger on. You know, you think about it. God's purpose with what He was doing was Satan was finished after God struck his body, after God took his family, after God took all of his possession. Remember, Satan came and said, Listen, if you let me do this and this and this, then he'll curse you. Guess what? Job didn't. He comes back. He says, Yeah, but wait a minute. For a man's life, he'll do anything. God says, Okay, you can touch his life, but you can't kill him. And then Job still didn't curse God. That's the end of Satan. He's no more. The rest of the book ain't got nothing to do with Satan. The rest of the book has got to do with what God is trying to do through all this in Job's life. 
But that, that goes back and teaches sovereignty of God because Satan told him all these things and, and God himself said, but have you thought about my servant Job? Right. That's right. So God already knew exactly what Job was going to do. Right. Because it's, as it says in whichever, whomever, it was preordained. He right. Ready, finished. That's right. And, and we, again, let me ask you, can you see a reason why this is important doctrine for you to understand? Why does this even matter to you? Why should it matter to you? Let me say that. Huh? We wouldn't have any hope without. Right. That's the only piece you can find because you have to wrap your mind around that God, no matter, you know, whether the world ends the fighting or, or whatever tomorrow, even though the world's in such a bad shape, we think. But at the same thing, for us to not worry, really worry about it and have peace, we've got to understand that God is in control. It's His purpose. And when we do that, when we look to Him, we can have peace with God. Amen. And that's the only way you can have it. Amen. What I don't care whether it's for the sickness or that or, or anything. Whatever. Whatever it is. What, um, what happens to a lot of people's faith? I say that with quotes. I'm not saying it's genuine faith. What happens to a lot of people's faith when, when they get sick? It dwindles like down why did you do this to me? Uh, and again, I'm not saying that genuine faith won't go through those times. We've seen, look at Job. Again, you know, he, he had this struggle here. God, what are you doing? Um, I don't understand this. But when we understand that God directs everything according to His eternal purpose, which was put in place before you were ever born, God does everything according to the counsel of His will that's directed by everything being done for His glory. When you understand that these are the decrees by which God operates, and then you know who God is, you are able to stand in any circumstance. And are you going to cry in suffering? Better believe it. Are you going to hurt in it? You better believe it but you can stand in any circumstance and go, God, I know this is what you do. It gives you that just that little bit of extra strength to continue on. That's right. I'd say, I would add to that, it gives you all the strength. <laughs> but you, you... It always amazes me when I have been in my, in my lowest of lows that when I want to sit back and say, oh God, what have I done to deserve this? Or why are you doing this to me? It's to bring back into my mind, it says, do you realize that the God Almighty that created all things has chose for you to suffer on this behalf for Him to receive glory? Right. You know there is something inside of me, and I may be the only one that feels this way, but there is something inside of me that makes me want to get up from where I'm at. Right. I get to feel in that pity part. Right. There is something that comes up inside of me that says, the God, He could have chose anybody, Kevin. Yeah. He could have chose anybody, but He chose me. Right. That is what makes me get up and want to continue on. Right. Walk of faith. Mm-hmm. That God could have chose anybody. Yeah. Chose me. That's right. To be able to suffer or, or, or blessings to flow up on me so that He can be glorified. Yeah. And it just makes me want to keep going. Amen. It just makes me want to keep going. So let's look at that question and that answer one more time. What are the decrees of God? 
What are the rules or the laws by which God operates? The answer, the decrees of God are His eternal purpose. Whatever His eternal purpose is. And He knows. You remember what Jesus said about a sparrow falling from the sky? You Remember what He said? Jesus said, not a sparrow falls from the sky apart from what? Apart from the will of God. And it's eternal purpose, not just a temporary purpose. No, that's right. That's right. But you think about that. Not a sparrow falls from the sky apart from the will of God. You know, again, going back to the book of Job, do you remember how God finally convinced Job about his sovereignty? About that he was in full control of everything? It was a, started with the whirlwind. Brian's back there going like, yeah. It started with the whirlwind, but that wasn't the convincing. The convincing was the test that God gave Job. Job, where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did this? And he went through basically all of creation and said, what do you know about this? And what do you know about this? And, and, and the answer to all of it was, I don't know nothing about it. I don't know anything. And so what, what we come to understand is that we see that the, the, most of the book of Job is, is helping Job understand that God knows exactly what He's doing. And if a deer gets fed, it gets fed by God. If a lion gets fed, it gets fed by God. If a sparrow falls from the sky, it's because God said it would fall. If no matter, no matter what, go back and read the last few chapters of the book of Job and that's exactly what you're going to see. God tells Job, nothing happens in this world unless I say it happens. That's a hard pill to swallow in a sinful world. But again, God's not running this thing according to our purpose. God's laws and God's decrees that He operates by are His eternal purpose according to the counsel of His will, whereby for His own glory He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. It's like I tell Michael when he first got out of school, he was itching to get this job, you know, this, this job, it's going to be it. I said, maybe if it's God's will, nothing will stop you. Right. But if it's not... You will not get it. He said, but I want it. Mm -hmm. I said, you better listen to that sentence again. Because if it's not His will, I don't care how much you want it or who you pay or whatever you do, you ain't getting it. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, it's it's because uh, I understand exactly what you're saying. But at the end of the day, it's not about us not wanting things. and But it is about us understanding that we can give, we should give God desires of our hearts. Right. We should... We should desire things and we should be, be able to understand that He put us here to enjoy His goodness, to enjoy Him. But at the end of the day, it puts us in a place to where we understand that we trust Him. We live for Him. We are His. And this is what this puts our mind into. So that we're, because the, the opposite side of that, there have been many through the years that have just said, well, if God's going to do what God's going to do, then I just sit down and let God do what He's going to do. I've heard many people that, that, um, that'll say, well, if God already knows who He's going to choose for faith, then I don't even need to preach. I just need to sit back and just let God choose who He's going to choose. But what you don't understand is that God chose to bring these people to faith through a preacher. 
God has set this thing in order so that it operates the way He foreordained it for His glory, according to the counsel of His will, for His eternal purpose. And everything that happens is for that reason. And you have a part to play in it. And so we get up, we play our part, we trust Him, we walk through this life, we endure the suffering, and we know that one day He has promised that it won't be anymore. Hallelujah. I don't think y'all got this page, but there's a comment. Y'all only got one page, right? If you've, if you've got the, the whole thing, you'll have this on your next page. But this is what the comment says. It says, you might shorten this statement to God's decrees are His own plans for all history and they always happen. His purpose for the world is eternal because there was never a time when He didn't know what He was going to do. Let me say that one more time. Y'all need to catch that. His purpose for the world is eternal because there was never a time when he did not know what he was going to do. He's always known exactly what he's going to do. His purpose accords with the counsel of his will. That is, he did not consult anyone else. He was not concerned with what you thought about his will. I'm sorry. That was not his concern. He thought it all up. All plans were made in order to maximize the display of His glory. You need to understand that. Listen, does God love you? Yes, He loves you. He loved you so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves you. But you need to understand something. Everything that He does is in order to maximize the display of His glory. Everything He created. He created you whom He loves for the display of His glory. And whenever you... I'm sorry. Whenever you take that into your heart and into your life and you live by that, you understand that God's primary concern is not your happiness. God's primary concern is the display of His glory. That's why He does everything that He does. And I'm going to say this again. You've heard me say it many times, but listen closely. There's a lot of people that will say, well, if that's the way God is, I don't want to serve a God like that because that's just a God that's all about Himself. That's a conceited God. Let me explain something to you. To be conceited means to have an inflated, an inflated view of yourself. God's view of Himself is not inflated. It's right. Amen, amen. He is right to want to display His glory because He's God. There's none like Him. To what will you compare Him to? To what will you liken Him with? He is God. And if He is not all-glorious and worthy of all glory, then He is not worthy of our worship. Either He's God and He is worthy of it all, or He's not God and He's not worthy at all. And so we have to understand that God created all things to maximize the display of His glory. And nothing, going back to the comment, Nothing falls outside the decrees of God. 
Again, not a sparrow falls from the sky apart from the will of God. You understand that, right? And if not a sparrow falls from the sky, has there ever been a child that died apart from the will of God? Has there ever been a sickness that has happened apart from the will of God? I'm telling you right now. Go back and read it one more time because this is all we're going to get to. We're not going to get to the next one. The decrees of God are His eternal purpose. It's according to the counsel of His will, whereby for His own glory He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. Now, again, I'm your pastor, but I'm not up here to make you agree with everything I teach. You don't have to. I'm asking you, do you believe that just the few scriptures that we read tonight, do you believe that this is a true statement considering what we have saw in the Word of God that God said about Himself? My answer to that is yes. I believe this is true. And I believe this is exactly who God is. And this is why I believe in the sovereignty of God. I had a guy, Chris McAllister, he asked me, I was preaching one Sunday um, and I was talking about the sovereignty of God and he came come to me a little bit later after church was over and he said, i got to ask you a question. What in the world do you mean by sovereignty? So if you're in that situation tonight, I want you to understand what I mean by sovereignty is exactly what we just explained. That there is nothing that ever happens, ever has happened, or ever will happen that is outside of the will and the purpose of Almighty God. When I say He's sovereign, I mean He's sovereign. I mean your life. I mean my life. I mean Satan. I mean no matter what, God is sovereign. He does according to His will and according to His purpose. And there is not an inhabitant, as Bobby read, there's not an army in heaven. There's not an inhabitant on earth that can stay His hand or ever say to Him, What have you done? He does whatever He wants. And it's always to maximize His glory. And He's right. And He's good. And He's loving. And He's merciful. And He's kind. And He's just. And He is everything that He has ever said He was. And He will always be that. Any comments? Any questions? I think it's just really hard and, and, and for us to really get our mind around the, the goodness of God, though. Mm -hmm. Because we have a tendency to compare it to a Billy Graham mm -hmm. or an individual. And no individual even compares to it. But we have nothing really in our intellect to even, and, and comparison is the greatest teacher I think that I have. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and there's no comparison to this. That's the reason it's only by faith. It can't be anything else. Only thing you can do is look at him and look at all the evidence and say, he's true, he's right. He is exactly who He says He is. Because we don't walk by faith, we walk by faith. Right. And, and, but you know, we, 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 it's so hard for us to put the sight apart 
from the rest of it. Yeah. But at the same time, just because he says we walk by faith and not by sight does not mean that we don't have evidence. Oh, no, I didn't mean it. Yeah, and I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But that's what I want us to be careful of to understand is that, yes, we walk by faith but not by sight. But even though we don't have it right there in front of us and we can just grab hold of it, the evidence of all that God says He is is there. I love the way that, that um, David put it in Psalms. I think it was early Psalms, Psalm 8 maybe. But he said, um, When I consider the moon and the stars which you have made, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, I think, who is man that you are mindful of Him? And who is the Son of Man that you care for Him? And so one of the things that we see is when we look at creation and we look at all that God is, when we look at what He's done, whenever uh, the Bible says that the way that we know the love of God is that He gave us His Son, that He, he sent His Son to die for us. And Paul said in Romans, if God will give you His Son... Is there anything that he has that he would not give you? If, if Fagan and Francis King would give you the life of Nick or Thomas King, if they would give you that, they would give you his life, is there anything they have that they would not give you? Is that not evidence that God will do what He says He will do? And that's the point that I'm making is, is that... Even though we walk by faith and not by sight, faith is the full assurance of things hoped for. It means I have full assurance in the hope that God gives me when He says, I will do this. Faith is full assurance in that hope. But it is also the what? The evidence. So I don't have sight. <laughs> but it's the evidence that's there that gives me that full assurance. God has done this. God has created this. God is this. I've seen God do this. And all that evidence I'm able to look at and apply that to faith and say, I have full assurance that what God says, He'll do. I have full assurance that who He says He is, He is. I have full assurance that if His Word tells me something, even if my mind can't wrap around it and go, because there's a thousand questions that come with this, right? Right? God, if you knew everything, have you ever thought to yourself, God, if you knew who I was going to be, why'd you ever create me? Come on, y'all have been there, right? God, if you, if you knew all that this world was going to do, why did you even do it? God, if you know the sin I was going to commit, why do you allow me to do it? You just think about all the questions that come along with this doctrine. So even though we can't wrap our mind around everything, here's what our job is not to... Again, I'm going back to last week. Our job is not to wrap our minds around everything that God is and say, okay, I understand it. I can explain it. I can tell you exactly why God does what He does. That is not the purpose. The purpose is that you listen to His Word and hear God say, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is the rule and the law that I operate by. And our job is to look at Him and say, what? That's who you are. I trust you. I believe you. I have faith in you. And I got evidence to support that faith. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. All right? That's just good stuff. That's just good stuff.
All right. Anything else? Any other comments tonight or questions? Other than the thousand questions that were brought up, of course. All right. Thank you all again for your time and your attention. We're going to pick up next week. Um, we're going to be, if you want to look it up again, I told you you can find this catechism on DesiringGod.com. Just look up a Baptist catechism. And um, we will uh, pick up on question 12 next week. How does God execute His decrees? If this is the order that He lives by, how does He execute them? And so we're going to look at what the Word of God has to say about that.